Hello, Mixed Nook Cases. This is Nuke Chess. And I'm Nuke Chess from the Prime Reality. And with me today... Hi, I'm Alternate Tech. Or or am I Prime Tech? I've forgotten. And we have a guest. Yes, it is I, the many iterations of Sonorous Vox. It's an infinitely replicating series of sonorous, sonorous voxes. voxes. Yes. Uh, and we're going to be talking about alternate universes, mirror universes, uh, multiverse, you know, uh, fractured realities today. Where to begin? Well, you had a way to begin. Well, I started thinking about this and um, I, I didn't do a lot of research uh, for this. So if I get something wrong chronologically or if I mention something that happened after something else, just consider it from an alternative alternative timeline or just don't at me, bro. Um, the, the the point here is that in media, I'll try to think back, like what's the earliest like alternative universe, mirror universe that I could think of? and um, well, it goes back, you know, in science fiction, I can, I can think it goes all the way back to, you know, the original Star Trek and, you know, the Mirror Universe episodes. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But before that, or around the same time as that, um, alternative universes, uh, dream sequences, mirror universes, you know, it's just a really, really cheap way of putting new conundrums in for your actors, you know? Oh, that didn't really happen. That was in the, that was in the mirror world, you know, but nothing really changes. You just made the red car blue and give your actor a goatee and all of a sudden you're in a different universe. And well, no, see, that wasn't my character. That was my evil alternative twin brother with amnesia from a, from another universe, you know? So, you know, um, soap operas have been pulling this crap for as long as there's been soap operas with, you know, dream sequences and, you know, alternative endings to things and question mark. Um, but maybe in our, I, I, I have to check the dates as to when exactly it came out, but, I mean, even even in the comic book world, I mean, you've got good old Superman. You've got Bizarro World and Bizarro Superman, where Bizarro Superman's the bad guy, and he doesn't like blue. He likes purple, and his S is backwards, and he's mean and weird, and the rules are never consistent in Bizarro World because it's bizarre and weird. And um, But let's stay away from comic books. I want to stay away from comic books and what I'm going to talk about. And, you know, back to... Star Trek, the original series, you know, they started having Mirror Universe episodes, and now the Mirror Universe is canon, and there have been many different uh, Star Trek shows that have traveled to the Mirror Universe, including, you know, the... Um, uh, wait, I don't think Next Gen did go to the Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. They, dimen- they dimension travel, but I don't think they ever went to the Mirror Universe. No, but... They D- did, yeah. Did they? Let me look. DS9, DS9 did, many times. Um... And uh, Discovery had an entire season or two based around the Mirror Universe. Uh, um, so I could carry on. Carry but, on. you know, how do you put a new villain in your TV show without having to hire a whole other actor? Well, let's just give one of our main actors a goatee and make him bad. And, of course, in the Mirror Universe, everything is mirrored. So the good guys are now the bad guys. So the good guy hero of your show is now your antagonist because he's got a goatee and that makes him evil. And now that trope is everywhere. It's been in South Park episodes. It's been in everything where if you're the evil version of yourself, you have a goatee. All of that comes from just being too cheap to hire more actors in the well, 60s. And that, yeah, that's the, the, a lot of a lot of the tropes that were developed by Trek had in in the original series were because of either lack of being able to like having the budget to hire new actors or being cheap and just recycling sets from other shows that were lying around like the let's go to an alternate uh, like an alternate history mob planet because we happen to have a mob set next door to us 
you know, and all the clothes are there. Uh, there's a couple of episodes where they go back to like an old timey American town. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was the set of the Andy Griffith show. That's Mayberry. <laughs> That's the yeah. town of Mayberry yeah. that they, they've been through a couple of times. Um, now, if I remember correctly, and you guys can help me if you remember more of this story than I do, but apparently the whole thing about the matter transporter was mm-hmm. that it was cheaper to beam actors into a shot than it was to uh, build a shuttlecraft set and have them fly in. So they just... I, I, they just I, that sounds legit. They just beamed them in because the SFX was cheaper. Well, Originally, if you, yeah. If yeah. you think about it, um, the the... It just moves the plot along. You don't have to have all those shuttle scenes. Yeah, it is. It's it's a couple. It does a couple of things, but yeah, because all it was was a little bit of glitter and some water in front of the camera. Yep. And then boom, you just have a, you do the composite shot where someone is there now. It's uh, yeah. So you're right. Um, the next generation never did have an episode. There's fiction about it in in books and stuff like that, but. When you consider just what's uh, what's on screen, no, there was no uh, parallel universe or anything like that. But they they heavily lean into it in Enterprise because Enterprise plays both with time and with right. mirror universes. Um, time the time travel alternate realities technically the next generation did with the finale. Yeah, well, the, the finale right? when they meet the Enterprise C when yep. uh, the, 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 the there, there's a couple of episodes where they deal with the uh, what were they called the not temporal detectives but the temporal something or other some some other agency from 400 years in the future that was coming back to prevent them from mucking about the timeline uh there was that one where max headroom was traveling back and forth through time stealing stuff yeah matt Furrer was fantastic that's a great episode yeah um and it's it's so time travel and parallel universes uh they're they're kind of they can be lumped into a similar similar category um if we're talking about like if we're if we're talking broader strokes, because any time travel travel creates an alternate yes. timeline, right? Yeah, right. So by them going back to well, like by Janeway going back to 1996 because it was convenient that they could just step outside and film, you know, then like, or Spock and Kirk going back and the crew going back in time to save the whales, you know, it's like the whole crew goes back in time to save the whales. It's because they could literally just walk outside and film in San Francisco. Yeah. And yeah. it was cheaper. And a lot of this is that it comes from that, but it creates a good opportunity for storytelling at the same time. So we can't diminish it because it was cheaper. Right? No. And, and, and I'm not trying to, what, what yeah. I'm trying to say is that um, Star Trek did it right is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. And that they used a, uh, they had a, you know, a fiscal constraint. We can't yep. hire another actor. We have to do something new. Let's give Spock a goatee and make him the bad guy for the episode. And now they make a pretty good episode. And it has led to many good episodes and some bad of the TV shows ever since because they've now, you know, sort of fell into that canon. There are other shows and other things that haven't done it nearly as well. This is where, you know, I'm talking about. But, but Calculon, that's not, that's your seventh twin brother. Yes, but he has multiple personalities, and they all have amnesia. You know, this some shows have done it really badly. What I love, what I love about this, um, the alternate universes, mirror universes, multiverses, is it essentially is well. What if I did travel that other road? You know, the the two paths in the night. Which one do I choose? The Robert Frost poem and everything. And honestly, either path would have worked because both paths get you there. Um, 
that's basically what we're doing. We're just still playing with that poem. And yeah, they probably wrote it into the original series because you know what? This is a great way that we don't have to go to another. We don't have to film on location. We can do everything on our sets. We come up with this new problem. But all right. So TOS had two Mirror Universe episodes. But then DS9 had five amazing ones and they built this rich storyline mm-hmm. to this alternate universe. And they just, they, it, they were able to tell a really great story and give their actors something else to do. Cause some actors are constantly always playing the very serious, the very PTSD, war torn, whatever. And then go to the mirror universe and you get to be free and be somebody completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, nothing says that more than when you hear Nana visitor talk about how much she loved playing the intendant. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. the intendant, the, the, like for everything that Kira Nerys is, you know, she's this hardened battled warrior, but at her heart, she's a compassionate soul. The intendant is just a bondage queen. Uh, then yep. you get, you know, the nicest guy in all of Starfleet, you know, Miles O'Brien, who turns into the interrogator torturer monster did they just call smiley yeah i was gonna say he's he he's he's the nicest guy but he's also tortured in both roles he's tortured in both universes because he's yes. he's 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 definitely suffering from some ptsd throughout deep space nine's uh run because uh, they start talking deeper about his history as a soldier before he was an engineer and then suddenly He's the quiet, meek guy who everybody's been picking on for the first episode in there. And it's like, damn, why, why, why you got to do him like that? Why couldn't he be all bravo and everything? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it goes back to in Next Generation, whenever they wanted to show us how bad the monster was, they would have the monster beat up Worf because Worf <laughs> was big and strong. So they showed us that the monster was bigger. And what is this noise? Uh, it's an incursion. We're dealing with an incursion. There's an incursion we're, into we're, our timeline. Yes, our timelines are merging and we're merging with the universe where we started this episode with Jason. Oh, oh well. hi. <laughs> hi, Jason from 616 Earth. Yes, it is me, Jason. I'm the real one. Honest, not <laughs> Honest. a clone. You know, pay no attention to the shoe, to, to, to the pair of shoes sticking up from underneath this filing cabinet. Let me get rid of those. And, and, yeah. Jason, why are you made of all paint? All paint? What? Oh, <laughs> Doctor Strange last night. No, no, no. Uh, uh, see, look, it is the me. I'm drinking scotch. Atta boy. Wait, you're drinking scotch. Not cognac. That's not the real Jason. Get him. Oh. <laughs> Where's the Hennessy? You bet. You better pour. You better pour some Hennessy into that scotch right now. Gotta blend Ooh. them. <laughs> you gotta blend them. Oh. Now that's a horrible incursion that okay. we must prevent at all costs. Uh, you know, yeah. To fi- to finish to finish my thought before the incursion that uh, in next generation, if they wanted to show us that the monster was bad. They would have the monster beat up Worf, and then that proved to us that he's bigger and stronger than the big and strong Worf. In DS9, it was slightly different, is that they had this incredibly human character with no superpowers whatsoever named named Miles O'Brien. And whenever they wanted to show us that the monster was bad, the monster would just torture Miles for a while. Yep. <laughs> and that, that, poor, that poor guy, he just got thrown in jail for a year, or just beaten up, or given a disease, or whatever they wanted to show how bad something was, they gave it to Miles. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna make your wife a child, and then have her demand that you be physical with her. Yeah, that's uh, not gonna mess you up. That wasn't, that was next gen, though. I know, but it's, it still tracks. It still tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but by physical, now let's, 
to the people who haven't seen it, she wants a hug. Yeah. <laughs> he wants a hug. He, That's his what 12, they call he, it now. No, no, it was, no, it was, it, it was legit, innocent. It's, yeah, it, it's a, it's a very, it's a very sweet scene because Keiko turns uh, Keiko in a transporter accident becomes twelve years old, and she goes back to their apartment, and there's their daughter who wants nothing to do with her because you're not mommy. I want mommy. You know, so Keiko's heart is broken, and she wants a hug from Miles, and Miles feels weirded out having to hug his twelve year old wife, as anyone would be. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it was a, it, it's actually a really good episode, and they had the for young Guinan, they yeah. had uh, the same woman that played young Whoopi Goldberg in the Sister Act movies. Yeah, yeah. they oh, had I her. Pl- they had I her play young Guinan. She's awesome. You know, it would be amazing. And it probably doesn't track, but if she was the same one who played Guinan in uh, Picard, I was hoping, but it's not. It's uh, not. It's I was really hoping really it was good. too. It would have been awesome. Um, but Turnabout is fair play because um, in Deep Space Nine, then uh, Miles gets uh, Molly as a teenager <laughs> because of a whole. She goes through a thing that time travels faster, and she mm. thinks, and she was abandoned on this planet. Yeah, I mean. The, so we get this um, back to the alternate realities and, and the mirror universe specifically. Deep Space Nine did fantastic things with it. Oh, yes. Oh. I would argue, though, that my favorite mirror universe moment, my favorite character having to step into their mirror universe self's role is Captain Killy. Because oh, you take in the meekest, Discovery. Yeah. mildest character on the entire ship, and she has to step up to be a murdering, sweary bastard. And I love that. It was ridiculous. I don't know who here is actually. Have you all seen Discovery to that point? We saw Captain Killy. Okay. When 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 Tilly, yeah. the cute little ginger with the chubby cheeks, uh, yeah, totally straightens her hair, you. she becomes evil and vile. Yeah. Yes, because straight hair is evil. <laughs> so Discovery did something that that was a little weird with the Mirror Universe in the sense mm-hmm. that um, people from the Mirror Universe are sensitive to light. <laughs> Like, that was brand new. I think that was only the one captain. That was only the captain, and that was because he had an accident. There was something done to him. It no, was they, they said that that was the excuse in the real universe. But when they go to the Mirror Universe, at one point, they figure out that Michael Burnham is not the Michael Burnham from the Mirror Universe because they flash light in our eyes. Oh, okay. That I kind of missed, I guess, or yeah. brought it up in my head because it was silly. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, because all of our ships are darker. That's right. So- the- so have you guys just been talking about tech so far? Trek? 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah. So far. So, yeah, and, so, and, and, the- and bad soap operas. Yes. So we're just not going. Have you guys talked about goateed Spock? Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Evil, evil. Yeah. Go- like, I love that so much. And, and that little trope of the evil one having the goatee even went into other shows like Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, where evil Hercules had a goatee. It was a boss one, too. Like, well, but they, they even did that joke on Futurama where there's Bender the robot and his evil and his evil uh, twin Flexo. And Flexo has the goatee, but it turns out Bender's the evil one. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> stab, 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 stab. Um, <laughs> but, uh, here's a, also, here's a question. Mm-hmm. How could we ever tell if it was evil Riker? Ah, 
he would have he would have mutton chops and the lack of the mustache <laughs> or beard. It'd be the it'd be the the negative the negative <laughs> the, the, goatee. The thing that's yeah. really funny though is because Riker starts out without a beard, mm. gets the beard, becomes more serious, a much better character. Although, as Q says, he was a lot more fun without the beard. But then yeah. we get Thomas Riker from a transporter accident. Who's Thomas it's, Riker. It's basically, it's basically another Will who <laughs> yeah. another another Will gets made in a transporter, but he goes by the middle name of Tom. Yeah. Yeah. But the the neat part is that's essentially an alternate reality Riker living in that prime mm-hmm. universe. Well, yeah. I and mean, that's wild. Well, they they do that in um remember they do that in Nemesis as well. A baby-faced Tom Hardy is a clone of Picard. Like Yeah. It's a, yeah. we don't like talk we don't like talking about that movie but like he's a baby Picard like or 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 uh, what JJ did to Star Trek with the Red Matter universe and yeah, yeah we're not going to talk about that. So you know it's funny Moving you guys on. <laughs> so it's funny you guys are talking about alternate universes and such because and and then you introduced me as 616 Jason because I love when they invert realities and change our origin stories for superheroes. Mm -hmm. Specifically, I'm actually reading two comics that do that. I'm reading Irredeemable, which is a Superman-esque character, but they couldn't call him Superman because it's by, um, it's by, um, uh, is it Oni Press? I think it's Oni Press. It's by somebody not DC. Yeah, so they can't call him Superman. Um, But basically, it's a story of what happens if Clark Kent falls into Smallville, Kansas, but his parents are freaked out that an alien can run super fast and is impervious to bullets. And when he's at school miles away, he can hear what they're doing. And they Oh, that's creepy. I don't want to hear my parents miles away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they are so freaked out by him that they unalive themselves and it sends him down a spiral of depravity and they unalived themselves. Uh, that's that, that well, is a well euphemism. That's a kind euphemism indeed. Yep. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't take credit for that. I heard it from the kids. You know the, kids the ones these who, days. Yeah, you know the ones that say we were born in the uh, 1900. In the late 1900s. We have something to say about those kids that we can't say <laughs> man, on this podcast. Man, forget forget those kids. Chummy <laughs> yeah, hoodler. Those kids. Um, um, but no, I love it because. One of the reasons why Superman and Batman work so well together is because one is the bad guy, one one is the good cop, one is the bad cop. But we all know that Superman's a god amongst men. So, like, if he goes bad, what are we going to do? And that story tells a really, really good version of what would happen if that happened. And another one is Invincible, where... What if, you know, Superman was bad and was sent here to conquer Earth and his son said, no, I'm going to stand up to my dad and... What happens from there on? It's in both of those are really great versions of that universe. There's another really great one that was put out and I'm sure tech's going to want to talk about this. What if instead of landing in Kansas, he landed in Russia? It's called Red Sun. Oh, Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good one. There's a a bunch of what if comics that have come out. The the other thing that comics are famous for in DC, I think a little bit more than Marvel, but whenever a new writer takes over a character or they take over an arc, that will just make it another universe. You know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna bother with, uh, we're not, we're not gonna bother with arguing over which canon is more canon than the other. No, guess what? They're both canon in different universes. Well, and let's just, and let's just move on. And then they go on with the thing. It's like, yeah, but they're all canon in their own universes. There's a multiverse. Let's put them all together and doing weird. And it's, um, 
you, it gets to a lot of inconsistencies in between the writing of, you know, uh, uh, powers, abilities, sizes, strengths, you know, that they just, every writer has a different idea. And like, the, there's no character that exhibits this more than, uh, Aquaman. Yes. Aquaman is incredibly inconsistent in the level of power that he has and the level of power that he has because he's very dependent on the writer. Uh, yeah. in the Marvel Universe, it's the same thing. Read a bunch of Wolverine comics and answer me this very simple question. How long are his claws? <laughs> it's all depending on who's drawing him. They're either the length of, they're like six inches long, just barely peeking out from behind his fingers, or they're like, like samurai swords bolted to the back of his wrist. Yeah. And, and um, we're not even going to talk about the difference between the male and the female of his species because spoiler alert, he's his own species. Um, yeah, and why, so, why is the claw number of claws different? And why yeah. do they come no, no, out no, of it's... the back of his hand and they come out of her fingertips? Well, no, no, no. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's technically, technically, X23, they come out of the top. They, they, are, they are the same number of claws, except two come out of her hands and one come out of each foot. I don't know who. Yeah. Um, cool. So, Woo. yeah. The, 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 <laughs> when you talk about DC does it more, too, you're right in that DC has had numerous events. They've had the the Flashpoint event, mm-hmm. 52, the new 52, all of these times where they're like, look, we've got way too much going on, so let's smash it all together. And it's one oh. thing now. Oh, but Steve. there's also other universes, but there's also this, and there's like they and, even and did it most their... of the time. It's because the Flash is a jerk and goes back in time. <laughs> hey, hey, Speaking of, what? they they did it with the TV shows too, yeah. where that's let's put all our TV shows together. Yep, Crisis that, on that Infinite was, Earth. That was Crisis on Infinite Earth, which was caused yeah. by the Flash running too fast. Um, yep. <laughs> but uh, by the way, guys, I'm glad. Damn you, you Barry. That. I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because mm-hmm. there is currently a dark crisis happening in DC Comics right now. Look, can we and, get the cur- and the current continuity of the Justice League is dead. Can we get a Can we get a a Flash show thing where he runs back in time so fast that suddenly he isn't interested in Iris? Can we Can we get that? That that never happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can we just? How about we get a non-white Flash? How about that? Um, no, yeah. Wally? But, yeah, I'll, I'll take. Kid, I don't know. Kid Flash. Little Wally demeaning, little, little demeaning Kid Flash. No, but what, what, okay, he is Kid Flash, but he, he eventually yeah. becomes the Flash as well. Yeah. So, so I mean, Wally West works. A lot of it is the Flash. The Flash sneezes while he's running, and suddenly the entire universe shatters. And you know, there's all of these other realities, and it's it is a very comic book thing to do because, well, frankly, would you like to be the one who keeps all that lore? And by would the way, like, yes, I imagine? know people that it's the TV shows that made Wally black, but you know. Can can you imagine? Can you imagine the lore bible at DC, like the vault size, the Scrooge McDuck vault size space that is their lore book? I mean, you'd need that just to keep the hard drive space for all the random crap that's going on. Yeah, and that's uh, just but, for Batman's origin. And so DC does that. Marvel's Marvel's not immune to it. I mean, even before we started talking and thinking about multiverses and stuff in the in the movie sense, they all they had Ultimate Marvel. Which yeah. was just a way for them to go. Yeah, we're going to have a different set of stories with familiar characters where they're all jerks. <laughs> yeah, and they, I mean, Spider-Man is the most well known for it because he literally had an entire arc where yeah. he had a war across the multiverse where he teamed up with other versions of himself. Yep, Man of Spiders. Uh, Man of Spiders. Um, there's Not also Madam Web. Uh, there the they even turned it into a TV show, but there was a whole series of comic books, the Marvel What If. Yeah. Yep. 
that they made into the TV show, which was a bunch of one shots of just a simple question. What if this? Um, I have a couple of the comics from the 90s. I think the uh, they even did one, which is a whole alternate timeline thing they did of um, what if Magneto killed Charles Xavier? Yeah. Mm. And yeah. what would the world be like without Charles to keep everything together? And they did a whole bunch of these like alternate future, alternate timeline things. Um, they even did so, one of my favorites. I think I've mentioned it before, but um, is worth talking about um, what happens if um, Marvel and DC universes collide. The amalgams? And, huh? Amalgams or Marvel versus DC, those ones? Yeah. yeah. I've actually yeah. got the first, I've got the first i think it's either first or second issue of the one that came out back when i was a kid because they came out with four issues where they left left it up to a vote where the marvel and dc superheroes were going to fight and then you would pick the winner of the fights but then Mm -hmm. the two universes merge and they came out with a series of one shots of the universes merged together i have a few of them i don't have all of them but i got things like bruce wayne agent of shield the yep. uh, the the Ghost Rider and Flash combo named Speed Demon. So nice. there is um, <sighs> so there actually is there was an actual run that just ended a little while ago where they did that again, but it's just solely in the Marvel universe. Okay, so you so you had things like the Ghost Panther, where the Black Panther and the Ghost Rider fuse. Wow. Um, they also have a current run of Miles Morales. What ifs? And it was, what if Miles Morales became the Hulk? What so, if Miles Morales became Thor? What if he became Wolverine? Under oh, They're sorry. really good. Under a, a similar vein going on, I believe, right now, too, is a Jessica Jones story called The Variants. Where That's the Jessica, number one of them. Yeah, Jessica Jones is, uh, she's completing what seems to be a routine investigation, and suddenly she has to contend with and uh, and work with a bunch of versions of herself, like the Captain America version, the Hulk version, things like that. And it's it seems to be something that is just ripe for investigating different facets of a character. Um, and then, I mean, it, Spider-Man's proclivity, proclivity to have all of this happen is what gave us probably the best movie that Marvel has put out in forever in, uh, in Spider-Man Into the Multiverse. That movie was phenomenal. It's like it, it was, it was just, The animated one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, what was the What was the last one they just did? Uh, that was Doctor Strange. And no, 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 no. The last Spider Man movie. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Spider Man: no, no Way Home. No Way Home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was also Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. When you combine both Spider Man and Doctor Strange together into or into weird dis of multiverse stuff, yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm gonna say at least in the um, film and TV area of comics. Marvel mm-hmm. is doing the multiverse pretty well, mm-hmm. starting off with Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. That was like, that was kind of, um, I don't know, like a play test. That was, can we do the multiverse on screen and have the viewers into it without them getting horribly confused? And then they were like, okay, that worked. <laughs> Let's start going into this. And that's when they started diving into the other Spider-Man, Nowhere Way Home and Loki and what if, all culminating into Doctor Strange. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go on a limb here and say I think we're all in agreement that Spider-Man No Way Home is a better multiverse movie than Doctor Strange of those of us who've seen it. Like, like not that Doctor Strange was bad. No. 
Well, we was, just watched it last night, so it's fresh I in think, our minds. I think it was because there was more buildup for there was more cohesive buildup for the Spider-Man one because you had they pulled in all of the Spider-Man movies beforehand, which gave them a very rich basis for it. Whereas with uh, Into the uh, the Multiverse of Madness, you had a Doctor Strange movie or two, some other MCU stuff thrown in there, but it was a lot of more new things being thrown against the wall. Like America Chavez was a character they just introduced to the MCU. Mm-hmm. The um, the Illuminati were the, it's their first appearance, you know, together, and you had some throwbacks, but it wasn't as cohesive. And I think I think Spider Man gives us way more catharsis because of all the things that we got to see closed and put to mm. an end with that movie. Like, I mean, just the, okay. Spoilers for no way home. If you haven't seen it, uh, when Garfield Spider-Man saves Mary Jane is one of the most touching and most tense scenes in that movie, because sure he didn't get to save Gwen Stacy, but he made up for it. Right. Like yeah. he stopped, he stopped another version of himself from going through that same pain. And it's very good. I mean, very good. The, the fact that, you know, you had villains that were inadvertently villains in the first place, being given chances to redeem themselves or prove that they're truly villains. You had people who you never thought you would see again in these roles, getting a chance to go and be not, not just be back to them, but give them a new life again. Like it's so much to work with. And it was so wonderfully done. Something that that you guys were talking about earlier, you know, reminds me uh, of another one I want to bring up here that, you know, if you have a large, voluminous, expansive lore, a good multiverse movie or a good multiverse part of your franchise allows you to tie a lot of that old stuff back together. And when it's done properly, allows you to show a lot of love for the franchise and a lot of respect for where you came from and also have a lot of fun with it. And the perfect example of this is we said, you know, that um, uh, Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man and probably the best MCU movie. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. Lego Batman was probably the best Batman yeah. movie. And that's a multiverse Batman movie where all the Batman villains, and I mean all the Batman villains, even Condiment King. Yes, he's real. (laughs) Look him up. (laughs) So is Calendar Man. And Cal- well, of course, Julius Day. Absolutely. He was Calendar in the Arkham games as well. But, um, not only that, but, uh, you know, just the stupid little gags of, you know, Bruce Wayne microwaving his lobster thermidor made out of Lego bricks, you know? He references most of the adaptations and says that they're all canon. Mm-hmm. You know, he mentions bat nipples. He mentions the 66, you know, yeah, things were a little weird in the sixties. Um, all of it is canon and it all works. So I will agree with you on that one. The Batman. Plus, I just, I got like my only bone of contention there is that things are a little weird in the sixties, but yet not with bat nipples. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say I, I did, I did pop through my portal a little late, but we're missing the elephant in the room. We're missing the best multiverse movie of all the multiverse movies. Oh, we're talking about Jet Li's The One. <laughs> oh, no, that's a good... No, to be fair, if you combine a multiverse movie with Highlander, you get The One, and it's excellent. That is that is true. That is true. That's exactly... I was going to mention um, a classic TV show that I grew up with, and I say classic in that, well, it's not really super classic, but Sliders. Oh, sliders. sliders. Yeah, that was Quantum the, Leap. The Quantum entire, Leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the entire premise of sliders is multiverse, is yep. alternate reality. Yep. Oh, oh, uh, 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 oh, God. What's the other one? The one that had Kurt Russell in the movie. 
Stargate. Well, oh, Stargate yeah. was Stargate was more about different points was... in time or in space, right? That was, but it's still. Um, is it like if, if you had told me that those were just other dimensions and just random planets in those dimensions, it wouldn't have changed a thing about the, uh, yeah. the, the show. I still say that um, Sliders is Sliders is in its essence, it is probably the purest form on TV of a multiverse show and committing to it. That's an underrated every episode, show. By the way. Every episode yeah. was them trying to get back home without knowing where they're going, without knowing how much time they have there. And that, that, I think that was the best part for the tension in the shows was you don't know how long you have to get back to the point where you're going to slide or you're going to be stuck in this alternate reality. And it just, so many memories from that, so many interests, so many fun, fun bits. And I got to go back and watch it again. Um, did they ever yeah. make it home or did they just settle? I don't remember. I think it got canceled before they got to make it home. They got what, it sliders? Home. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. remember. Uh, by the way, SG-1, um, there are pre- various versions of SG-1 live in parallel universes. So, okay. So. Yes, it is. Because a- I remember, maybe this is just me and my experience with Stargate. Yeah. I watched the movie and thought it was really kind of meh. And then when they want to do a TV show about a movie I didn't like, I really wasn't interested. And then when one of the actors has got like a gold coin taped to his forehead, <laughs> I just could not bring myself to want to watch that show. Bro, Tilk, Tilk was gangster. Like, Tilk was that show's, he was that show's wharf, but he was a bad, he was a bad A. He was a bad A. Uh, yeah, um, so Sliders ended on the cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah oh, that's going to nice. say. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, and then the whole, the whole fact that they had, uh, somehow managed to, despite the fact that they're hopping between realities, have a cohesive enemy in the form of the Cro-Mags, <laughs> was a pretty cool trick on their part. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I got, I got, also- I got one more to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna go uh, before before it was a TV show, before it was a book, when it was a radio show. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was originally yeah. designed to be a multiverse show where every episode the Earth gets destroyed, and it was just supposed to be this like long running series of the Earth get ah oh, darn the Earth got blown up again, and uh, the very first one they did ended up just being so funny and so cool that they're like, well, can you write more about it? Can you write more? And now, you know, we're up to six books and 22, 24 episodes of the radio show. And anyway, and yeah. Hitchhikers is, you know, two movies or a, a movie, a BBC, a BBC series. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, but it was. And a, there's so, multiple universes in that story alone. Oh yeah. And a lot of time so. traveling and a lot of, a lot of uh, messed up things. Another, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Another show that's based on the premise of alternate realities, but you don't realize until you, you get a couple seasons in would be supernatural because heaven, hell, purgatory, these are all alternate realities. And not to mention they show you the outcome of if they don't do certain things or if certain things happen. Like yeah. what if, what if, you know, Dean didn't sacrifice himself and Sam became a demon or vice mm-hmm. versa or and they show you these outcomes like they're so, yeah. constantly jumping between these worlds and you know I, I particularly like when they jump to the world of um where Supernatural is just a TV show filmed <laughs> in Vancouver and their uh, former yeah. underwear models yeah. and, um, and, <laughs> and spoilers for a show that was on TV for nearly 20 years um how the god of that universe is just an author named Chuck. Exactly. And yeah. they're, they're, they're living in the alternate reality that he, Chuck is writing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's. Yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole, uh, a whole subgenre that we're, we're missing as well here that we, I think we've talked about on, on this podcast before. 
And that's Groundhog Day likes. Yeah. Because right. Groundhog Day is a series of alternate universes. And then you have you have more modern takes like uh Palm Springs, the one with um I uh, haven't seen it, but yeah. Uh, guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, Andy Samberg. Yeah, and, well, uh, a- Palm Springs or Happy Death Day. Yeah, I was just or, about to yeah. say Happy Death Day. Yeah, Russian um, Doll. Yeah, Russian, Russian Doll. Doll. Oh, the parallel universes. Um, and for anybody who hasn't seen season two, it gets crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just so many good kind of Groundhog Day likes out there. And to be fair, even Doctor Who. Yeah. is a show yeah. that's based on parallel universes because they're not just going from different planets. They're often going into different universes. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah, all brought together by the fact that there are fixed points and that yes. they always go back yep. to these fixed points. Um, now, I know exactly what's going to happen here <laughs> because I need to go refill my drink. And while I'm gone, you're going to talk about it while I'm gone, aren't you? No, no, actually, no, no. We're going to talk about a similar setup okay. that happened in Community, where we learned about different timelines and learned about the darkest timeline. <laughs> yes. That is possibly one of my favorite episodes that explores the multiverse theory. And there's also oh, yes. Rick and Morty. Oh, I'm sure they, yeah. Yeah, well, but the, the alternate timeline, like the, the simple premise of we're going to roll a die and it creates new timelines. It's the simplest setup. Abed lays it down perfectly what's going to happen. But everybody just goes, yeah, right. Okay. That's not how it works. <laughs> and I think the throwback later when there's the, uh, the alternate universe, the darkest Jeff, the darkest, uh, the darkest Abed and all them come back and they come to the prime timeline to, to reclaim things is just a wonderful bit of storytelling to close the loop. And they, like, it's sad to say, but in, uh, was it, um, Infinity, there was Infinity War, and then there was the last one. Endgame. Uh, Endgame. They do a better job than Endgame. Like, the the Sorcerer Supreme tries to explain the whole branching timelines thing, but Community with a D20 or whatever does it better. Yeah, Community in one episode with a D20 does it better than all of Loki. So Dan Harmon is, he's underrated as far as being, like, smart. Everybody knows he's funny. But it's he's underrated when it comes to intelligent because you know he he cloaks it in things like pickle Rick yeah. and you know crap like that. But he he writes really smart television. It's and it, it's yeah that was that was just the greatest example of it because explaining the multiverse in such a simple setup and, and it's hit. and it's so simple that even children can understand that like the probability of a dice could create alternate reason you know because you don't yeah. control how the dice rolls like yeah it's so simple but there's also the other show solar opposites mm, yes which yeah. is written just as well and is just as funny and is acted uh is acted very very well and has a lot of the same elements of multiverse mm-hmm. but it's all based on the fact that aliens are trying to hide on earth but it's really silly but gosh darn is it fun i mean you- it's a more modern version of Coneheads. I mean, and you also kind of <laughs> like <laughs> Coneheads meets that. Invader Zim. Wait, it's I an alternate reality oh. of Coneheads. Oh, I haven't thought about Coneheads in so long. Like, I, I think about Coneheads at least once every six weeks. You know, they. You know, <laughs> to be fair, man. That look. That look when I said that. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Like SNL skit would have got a movie that would have been such a classic, right? Wayne's well, world. I mean, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, 
it was about that time. Wayne's World superstar. Um, what's uh, well, the night at the Roxbury? Night at the Roxbury. Well, so that's I mean, the thing is, it was about the time they were all getting them, but. Yeah. Enduring oh, movies. <laughs> I think Conehead, Coneheads, and Wayne's World are probably the only two that you can look back and honestly go, "I'd watch that again." I think a lot of people have forgotten Coneheads existed, but you know what? I haven't forgotten existed. Babylon Five, because while Babylon Five Ooh. wasn't solely dependent on the idea of a multiverse, it was a key component when you realized the importance of the person in charge of Babylon 5, because at one point, you know... um J. Michael Straczynski? Sheridan? Sheridan. I, I'm always oh, trying no, to... S- Sinclair. Is it Sinclair or S- Sheridan? Sinclair's the first one. Yeah, Sinclair. Yeah, Commander so Sinclair. It's like, it's like, not the one. Not the one. And yeah. it's like, not yet. Yeah, not the one. And you meet Zathras. Well, and the- there is a Zathras that shows up throughout, but they're not all the same because they're... Zathras from different realities. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that, you know, they, from the very beginning, the show is called Babylon 5. It's a space station. Okay. What about Babylon 1 through 4? And then at one point they're explaining the lore and they're like, well, 1, 2, and 3, these things happened in 4. We don't know. It's like, what do you mean you don't know? It disappeared. It we just, lost it. It just kind of, we just lost a space station one day. <laughs> and then it keeps, and then it keeps coming back. And for the, for the rest of the show, Spoilers. there's always, yeah, for the rest of the show, there, there's, there, there's this thing that, yeah, the, the universe we're in is pretty messed up and there's a giant war and there's all kinds of monsters and things are going super duper badly. But there is also the existential dread and horror of the fact that we're not the only universe and things are worse everywhere else. <laughs> You know, I like to think that they've named Babylon's one through three, and then they had an infamous barbershop quartet called the Babylon Four, and so they just skipped that number for the station, <laughs> like like the lucky number, like the unlucky number thirteen on the in a hotel. That would make sense because in um you know uh, a lot of Asian culture, you will skip the four like we skip the thirteen. I I think it'd be fun now to find four people to find four people. To cosplay as Babylon Five characters and be a, no, bar- a barbershop quartet, they all need the to Babylon cosplay as Zathras. Yes, and be and <laughs> and then be the barber, uh, be the Babylon Four. So, so the Babylon Four <laughs> is, um, uh, oh, Londo, Londo Malari's right hand man, uh, Veer, Veer, yeah, yes. Veer, uh, Delenn's right hand man, Linear, yeah, Linear. Yep. So Veer. It's Veer, Lanier, Zathras, and the Praying Mantis mobster monster that well, lives. What about Natoth? <laughs> no, but no. Uh, well, Natoth could be in it, but uh, um, that would exactly. be a, that would be the Babylon well, we Femmes. That would no, be no, the no, women's no. barbershop quartet. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Better because there are five of them, but they call themselves the barber. The, the no, 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 no. It, it, no, it's no. There was uh, it's well, no, just treated like uh, Destiny's Child. One of them was just really, really talented and got really cocky over the rest of them and kicked one of them out. Like it's fine. <sighs> but no, you, you, it's just like uh, speaking of another series, the uh, uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic I Detective was just Agency. Go there. <laughs> because there's a lot of time dimensional shifting, jumping happening in that show, but there's a group of bad guys called the Rowdy Three. It's like, but there's four of them. I know there's four of them, <laughs> and they never <laughs> explained it. But they're called the Rowdy Three. They are fantastic. Thanks. You know, now I got to go back and watch that show again entirely because of Bart. You know, Tech. That's a great show. We're missing a show that you're probably not thinking of. That is one of your favorites mm. that involves things very much like altered states and altered dimensions and planes of existence. Ghosts in the Shell. Because, yeah. oh. because of the way that they use the internet in this show. And mm-hmm. I will tell anyone out there, 
if you ever want to see two cops wax poetic about the existence of man while quoting Shakespeare because they're surfing the internet while on a stakeout, you can watch it and go to the show because Bato does it. What? If if altering your mind is as easy as programming a computer, what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. And then they jump around the internet from place to place and go jumping from body to body, person to person, where all of a sudden you're all of a sudden you have a giant eight legged spider tank that thinks it's your grandfather. Or um Or you a, or the or the cop girl who destroys that tank then uh then gets put into a small porcelain doll and gets and gets trolled by her cop partner because she's now in a porcelain and doll he has to carry to be everywhere. fair um they they um every incarnation of ghost in the shell is another reality because there's yeah. a couple different um animated series animated movies we don't talk about live action the manga yeah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know so they yeah. love to play with that backstory, and it's not retconning. It's just another universe. So it's interesting that Jason mentions Shakespeare as well, because there is a there's there's a play that is attributed to, like possibly being written in part by Shakespeare, but not completely, called Pericles. And Pericles is an early example, not the earliest, but an early example of something playing out that goes very wrong for someone, and then they wake up, and it was only a dream. So it goes right into that whole thing like that. That is not a trope that I mean, mind you, it's got some themes explored in there that I'm like, yeah, no, not the best of themes. But um, it's it's one of those things that we look back to mythology. There's all these cases of uh, deities or uh, higher powers showing someone a lesson by giving them a mirror into the worst thing that could happen if they didn't stand up and do the right thing. Right. And it's a wonderful life. Yeah, it's a wonderful life plays on that. This is this is a very mythological thing, like um, a Christmas a Christmas uh, story, right? Like it's it's people alternate, like the three ghosts are showing Ebenezer Scrooge the world without him and whatnot, right? We have these a Christmas outside, Carol, a Christmas Carol. Sorry, um, Christmas story is yeah, the no, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, that's 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 an alternate <laughs> reality too, where he shot his eye out. Right? He actually shot his eye out. But anyway, uh, Christmas Carol. But, but you've got this. It's there's stories going back all the way mm-hmm. through storytelling of higher powers showing people what could be if they didn't act a certain way. And I, be- I think the more modern iteration of that is multiverses. Mm-hmm. It's what ifs, it's things like that. It's instead of the, the higher power showing a character or that it's the storyteller showing us. So the storyteller acts as this deity, as this higher power in that case, right? And I have to bring it back to Star Trek because yep. what if Picard didn't get into a fight and lose his heart? There what we go. A great episode. Mm, That's yeah. a fantastic episode. Where he's it just is that a very meek, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, yeah what if meek, he mild yeah. What if yeah, what if he just made a vineyard <laughs> and lived his life idolizing the old earth and making wine? Well, if you don't remember the episode, Jason, he um, there, there's a, a pivotal moment in his career at the Academy where he gets uh, he's playing their version of bumper pool against a space alien and he gets shanked in a bar fight because he <laughs> cheated. So he decides to explore the alternate reality of what if I didn't cheat? What if I didn't play that game? And what if I didn't get shanked in the chest? So he never learns acceptable risk and he never becomes a risk taker. So he never proceeds through the ranks and becomes a captain. And in this alternate world, he's now some like science lieutenant. He's a, he's a, he's a Lance Corporal for life. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> that would be a dope show. 
Could you not do a mini series of just like the adventures of Jean Luc Picard in Starfleet, like I mean, culminating yeah. in him getting shanked in the chest? Um, early I early do, days academy academy. Yeah. I do want to bring us all back. Like I love these multiverses. I love alternate realities. I love when a show just does a one off. Like when Buffy is like, you know. What if I never came to Sunnydale and the vampires took over and the whole mouth happened? Or what if I'm actually in a mental institution? What if it you know, could be bunnies? What if it could be bunnies? <laughs> or if it was a musical? Yeah. What if life was a musical? And that's always a fun little break. It definitely gives you something to explore. Um, there are times when it feels like it's done to death. And it, and I, I, I have to wonder, and I'm going to pose this question to all of you. Which do you prefer, retcon or alternate universes? I I don't like retconning because it gets really annoying, and I think it does a lot of disservice to the original material, the original creators and actors that worked hard on it, and it's always kind of a big middle finger to the fans. Like, oh, did you really enjoy that story we did last season? Yeah, because it didn't happen, because we're just... just we couldn't get that actor back on contract, so we're just hand-waving and saying it didn't happen. It's like, if you want to do an alternate universe thing, it's like, fine, but... It was all a dream. So, it was all a dream! So, no, no, just don't do that to so me, man. Retcon- it's so Retconning rude. is very, very comic booky, right? Mm-hmm. Very comic booky, but I have a... And, and the, MCU is, the MCU is not guilty of it because they were held up by an actor in this case, but I will say, when Armor Wars comes out, now that the multiverse is a thing... It is the perfect chance for them to have War Machine run into War Machine with Terrence Howard playing the character. That would be that would be kind of wild. It would be the perfect chance. It's my, one of my favorite lines in those movies because we know there's not going to be a yeah. next time, baby. And but, the, um, yeah, there, there's and they've had actors you never thought would show back up in the MCU show back up again. So maybe, hey, there are technically two canonical different Ghost Riders right now. One from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Cage. Because, well, they keep waffling on whether or not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is MCU. Every um, time they do an interview about it, they say different. And then Charlie Cox shows up in the MCU. So, you know. And, and Captain, and, and, and Captain Carter. Yep. Honestly, it's, 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 they just don't want to, uh, accept Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'll agree with that. See, I didn't need to watch the show. (laughs) Um, for me, man, I, I like, alternate realities because i feel like like we mentioned earlier with alternate realities you can play with a character and you can completely screw around with its origin story and not mess up the con the canon continuity that the the fanboys will cry about if you do uh i'm looking at you uh pre uh sequel trilogy of star wars even though i am one of those fanboys um but like you know with the red son of krypton or, you know, irredeemable or invincible or, you know, look at the cool stuff we got with the death of Superman. It wasn't alternate realities, but they were alternate Superman. You know, you have Superboy, the clone. Um, you've got black suit Superman. You had Steel. You have John Bizarro. Still, still Shaq's yeah. best movie. You had laser Superman, you know what I'm saying? Like you have all these alternate versions of this character and it gave you so many different facets and ways to look at the character. It was excellent. I mean, even from that iteration of Superboy, you know, years down the road, we end up getting one of the most powerful characters in DC comics history, Superboy prime, um, who has a literal punch called the retcon punch that if he hits you with it, he retcons you out of existence. 
I so yeah. I have to mention the exact opposite to what we've been talking about. So mm. what if your media franchise didn't have the ability to do alternate universes? How would you explain all of the inconsistencies in decades worth of writing? You would just retcon with a giant red pen and just put your fingers in your ears and yell la 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 as loud as you can and just ignore it. It's called professional wrestling. And they do this all the time. It's like I remember that there was a time before the WWE where it was called the WW and another letter that we're not allowed to say. Which is get the, get because the of a out. Yeah, get yeah, because it was lost in a in a lawsuit to the World Wildlife Fund, but that even now, like, they don't talk about those old matches. Or By there's the way, like there's certain people they don't talk about and they just kinda la 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 la. By the um, way, I think that's one of Vince McMahon's greatest defeats. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if it's recognizability, the WW other letter as a wrestling organization was way more recognizable than the World Wildlife Federation. Like, so, how did you lose that, Vince? One of, one of my favorite T-shirts ever to come out of T-shirt hell was, was the uh, World Wildlife Foundation panda smacking the WWF logo with a chair. With a chair? I love that oh, one. So beautiful. So good. But... Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, yeah, they're they're good at at doing that, but it's real time retconning of actual people and actual events, and sometimes it happens right as things are going on. There's a current storyline going on right now where there's a guy who showed up after months of being away, repackaged, and he's his own brother, <laughs> he's his own younger brother because he shaved his beard and has a different style of wrestling. He's his own younger brother. And they did a split screen interview between him in a fake beard and him and himself to try and explain it away. Uh, yeah, it's uh, but those certain people that can't be mentioned on WWE on WWE TV, AEW has no problem mentioning them. <laughs> Chris Benoit has been brought up a bunch of times because his son is actually someone they're looking at recruiting. So, no. um, well, you know, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think. One of the, the the nightmare stories of retconning, which is why I do not like it, and I made the joke earlier, but seriously, with the prequel, with the sequel series, like Force Awakened, I do not think was a, it was an all right movie. It was one of those, I was like, all right, meh. But mm-hmm. then to have a director come back in and literally do something that feels like they're just like, oh, you did all that? Don't worry about that. And just slap the last person in the face and be like, I could do it better. And then it's obvious that they did it because in the next movie, that person comes back and is like, "Uh uh-uh, no, you didn't. And slaps them in the face and you just get this chaotic mass. So so I'm going to go, I'm going to go out a limb here and say though, that uh, Obi-Wan is an alternate reality series where Kenobi is dumb enough to expose Luke to all of this horrible stuff. Just because he can't get over the fact that he trained Vader badly. You know, trauma, man. <laughs> but it doesn't fit with the series. It doesn't fit with the movie. It's, 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 not, it's trauma. not retconning. That's shoehorning. No, and that's, honestly, it's alternate universe. That's why I say honestly, it's alternate universe. It's not worse than anything that George Lucas has done. Yeah, yeah. well, that's true. Listen, listen. Okay, let's talk about the best, the best. alternate universe movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, the one. The best multiverse movie that has ever existed according to these hosts so far 
Although I believe one of us hasn't seen it yeah, yet. Yeah, I've, I've not seen it, but Listen, I've go got ahead. it on digits. We can watch it after this. Well, if you want spoilers, you can yeah, listen well. to our whole episode about it. So we are yeah. not talking about uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, no, which we, we did just see and was pretty good. Guess what? No, good. Not bad Look. for an MCU movie, but that's just because um, and most of this movie is carried upon the shoulders of Benedict Cumberbatch because we do not deserve him in this world. Well, also, yeah. it's not a Doctor Strange movie. Not at Scarlet all. Witch movie. Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 a, a it's a Scarlet Witch never learns her lesson movie. Yeah, well, it's it's she's just yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about the Muppets, uh, the Muppet, uh, the Muppets multiverse movie, right? Muppets. Sadly, movie? sadly, no. Sadly, no. No, so it's no, the one I... where it's the one where Seamus of the WWE is Beaker's uh, Beaker's cousin. Oh, that was no, that's that, canon. That, that, that was, yeah, that's that absolutely canon. canon. And that's fa- and that's fantastic. That's or yeah. or no, Happy no, no, Land no. Murders. We're going to talk. We're going to. No, 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 no. By the way, that's actually just plagiarism from a friend of ours book called The Street. But anyway, um, we're no. We're going to be talking about my wonderful girlfriend, even though she doesn't know she's my girlfriend. Um, Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once, because that movie, although to be fair, in an interview, he said it was it was it was rich. Um, it was um, crazy rich agents that made him come back to acting. But everything, everywhere, all at once, not only gave Michelle Yeoh a leading role in a martial arts sci-fi drama movie, but it also brought back Data. Or Short Round. I, mean, I wasn't going to say that. We'd rather go with Data. Brent Spiner? Speaking of alternate universes, the, the, like Indiana Jones was an alternate universe movie. But anyway. Uh, definitely Indiana Jones too, but oh, yeah. uh, Kihei Kwan, we are so lucky to have him back on screen. Oh, what so a good movie! And okay, so Michelle Yeoh, like, uh, was who was it in the Wonder Woman movie that was that was the guy Chris Pine? Yeah, Chris Pine tried the fanny pack. Yeah, he screw him. He can't wear a fanny pack. He needs to take it off and give it to give it to Data because Data not only made it fashionable, but he also made it lethal as hell with wet. Fish tech rocks, man. The the so the concept here is that the um the multiverse is fragmenting, and it's it. The movie takes a lot of elements from other movies. There's a bit of Groundhog Day in there. There's a little bit of the one in there, but the idea is that they need they need one specific version of Michelle Yeoh who is strong enough to fight the big bad, and they can't find her, and they ricochet through different versions of the the multiverse but the thing is is that as serious and sad and wonderfully acted as this movie is it's also kind of silly because there's things like some of the universes they go to is like that movie ratatouille where you have the little rat inside your hat that steers you around by the hair and makes you do stuff but except it's except it's raccoons and they call it raccoon and there is now a fight scene where the bad guy has a raccoon on his head inexplicably or, or when Michelle Yeoh's dad somehow turns cardboard boxes into a mech suit and has a fight scene. It's a fantastic movie. It's very Hot touching, very loving, and it probably does the multiverse better than anyone else. To the wirelessness listeners that are listening to this going, what the heck are you talking about, Tech? This movie sounds like hot garbage. Yes, it does sound like hot garbage. But it's amazing. It It is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Probably one of the best, one of the best fight movies, one of the best sci-fi movies, one of the best multiverse movies. Um, and we do not deserve Michelle Yeoh. 
It's no, we don't. still in theaters, by the way. Wow. And also, it has a touching mother-daughter scene where there's many not, of them. Where there's not even a spoken word because they are rocks. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's it was released in April. We are recording this in June. It is still in theaters. July. July. There we go. <laughs> even further. It, it it's still in theaters. And it is Everything. When we said it's everything, everywhere, all at once, that's what we mean. And um, uh, they, they they call it an absurdist comedy drama. It's every kind of movie you've ever yeah. wanted to watch because it's everything, everywhere, yeah, all at once. I think the only thing it's not is horror. Like it's it's comedy. It's um, did you see the hot dog fingers? I mean, that's I horrific. I mean, was it horrific? Or was it tender and romantic and well, it sweet? It started out I, horrific and it ended up. Not as, I forgot about. Fingers. I forgot about the hot dog fingers. When she plays the piano with her feet, it's so good. Poor Vox is over here. Like I have no idea. <laughs> One of the alternate going. universes, they have hot dogs for fingers, and it so, leads so, to a very bizarre love scene. So, but it's so, so good. So, so tech. Hmm? I'm feeling like you felt when you heard the when you heard the name Jojo Rabbit right now. <laughs> oh. By the way, can we just? I, say I will here? admit, Jojo Rabbit is a really stupid name for that movie. That movie is amazing. It's but can amazing. we? But can we say that that is a great alternate uh, history version of Hitler played by Taika Waititi? Boom! There we go. It ties into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know the you know the movie where the Austrian dictator is played by that little New Zealand guy, who's <laughs> the, the half Maori Jewish man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who likes to wear a one-piece bathing suit to swim with with his young recruit? Oh, have you not oh. seen but Jojo Rabbit? This is this is a movie that is life changing. Like it, it makes you rethink life, and that's why that's why it gets the seal of approval. Three out of three, uh, Nutty Bites panelists say this is the best multiverse ever. And I would and I would honestly go on a limb. Knowing, knowing, and and thinking that once he sees it, he will agree. Like he will absolutely agree. It'll be four out of four. Now, nope. now he's gonna dig. No, his the Muppet, in. the Muppets multiverse movie is still better. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Muppets Take Manhattan is like a multiverse movie because you see the terrible outcomes of all the Muppets without without Kermit and 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 Kermit losing all theater and drama, and he becomes Gil. <laughs> I need to go back and watch that movie. Like it's got to be streaming somewhere. So that's our thoughts on on the multiverse. Um, now, if there was a multiverse and there were other versions of ourselves out there, what would everyone think your your other version would be doing right now? So, so I'll say this: um, the more you describe that last movie, the more I, sh- I I'm saddened by the fact that 15 years ago I started to write that movie as a national novel or novel month uh, novel, except it was just exploring what ifs about myself and uh the biggest what if i ever explored was what if i never actually joined the military Mm. i'd be a technical writer bored off my butt in uh in a certain town in ontario right now i'd just be i'd be a technical writer bored off my butt just absolutely hating everything about my job what if uh yeah the alternate universe where i didn't believe the bullies and i did not believe that i was too stupid to go to college i would have gone to the royal military college i would have gone to flight school i would have become a pilot and i'd probably be a lieutenant colonel or a full colonel right now squadron commander so what you're saying flying fighter jets for a living 
So what you're saying is you would have lived your homoerotic dreams of being in Top Gun. Look, my dreams of Top Gun have nothing to do with homoeroticism. <laughs> Volleyball scene aside. You have to remember, those are the scenes that were fast-forwarded for Young Decky. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, And, and, and there, there's a lot of, like, what if, what if I did this, what if I did that, you know, what if I went to grad school right out of... um. After I graduated university and I spent three years in Italy studying art, I'd be so broke right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, one of the things I think about um, a lot is how much everything that we do led us to where we are. And it's like, if I had changed so many things, like there's a bunch of things that if I changed it, I probably would not be in Canada. Because I wouldn't have met tech. I wouldn't have mm. discovered mm. the internet. I would not have gone into podcasting or any of these things and met Jason. So I believe there are fixed points in reality. And they are these are some of them. These My are thing some, is, the, us meeting would have been except happened. Except yeah. tech would be a pilot right now. I'd be a technical writer. You'd have gone to, you'd have gone off and gone to Italy. See, my thing is, I sit here and think, I'm like, my alternate self, what if I did wait till I was 36 years old to go back to college? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I'm living that reality. So then I go in a more serious and deep note. What if I did learn how to make Aunt Nancy's rolls? Oh. Ah, that's the greatest what if of all. That's the best timeline. You'd be, you'd, you'd be running the goodie shop. I would. And, um... I feel those I feel those roles have the same attractability of Prince back in his heyday. So I would I would I would be ruling the world. I would I would take over the world. So what if Absolutely. Prince and Vanilla Ice did get together and make a movie? And on that note, <laughs> let us know your favorite multiverses. Uh go ahead, write in, uh let us know, and uh we'll be happy to hear from you. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. And don't get close to your alternate reality self. You'll do like a time cop. And before we go, I just want to make sure that we are thanking our patrons, without whom we wouldn't have two episodes a month. So thank you so much for keeping us going, keeping the lights on, and everything else groovy. Uh, so thank you so much to our top tier patrons, our big daddies. Thank you to Jax, Jason, and Rich the TT. And then to our patrons of the arts, thank you so much to Andy Luke, Mark Cabot, Mark the Encaffeinated One, Melissa the Bathtub Mermaid, Paul, and Susanna. And thank you to our other patrons, the patrons that are the lifeblood and have been keeping this going since the start of this Patreon campaign. Thank you so much to uh, Cliff, Grig, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, and brand new patron, Crazy Joe, welcome aboard, uh, Mike, Patrick, the Radical Geek, Shane, uh, Steve, Will, and Zach Man. Thank you so much, all of you. You are fantastic. You make me smile and um, just definitely make things exciting around here. So thank you so much, everyone. And hey, let's listen to a uh, promo from some patron. This is Protonaut Cinema Review. We've gathered this evening to consider 1936's Revolt of the Zombies. The rock bottom of the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> we open with yeah. the Montezuma's Revenge font from the entire 5200. 
<laughs> Which is bizarre since we're not in South America. While we're looking at plot holes, why did the zombies attacking the trench have guns? They're throwing around lines like, It may mean the destruction of the white race. Yeah, 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 I'm saying that if you happen to be the last person to watch this film, just bury yourself in a landfill. <laughs> Chrononaut Cinema Reviews is a Way of the Buffalo Skinner Co. co-production. Goodbye! Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-NUTTY42. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel.